everyone. This is Tiffany. And this is George. Welcome to our podcast, Richness of the Word. Today we continue our study of the book of Ruth. Last week we looked at the first chapter, and today we are continuing with chapter 2. And as we continue to read through Ruth and study Ruth, um, the theme just keeps coming up. God is a God of the ordinary who orchestrates all things, all these events that we that don't make sense or don't seem to connect or they just seem unimportant are actually all being orchestrated by a God who is so much wiser than us. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start looking at chapter two. Um, if you haven't read it yet, uh, we do encourage you to do so before continuing on. But as we look at it, it begins with Ruth and Naomi in Bethlehem, and they are hungry and homeless. Yes, and the you know at the very top of each chapter, it kind of tells you what's going to be going on. And in chapter two, we're going to be looking at how Ruth gleans in Boaz's field, and then Ruth will then meet Boaz. That's correct. So. Something very important when studying Ruth is understanding some of this Old Testament law Mm -hmm. to understand what is going on with the gleaning and the the concept of the kinsman redeemer and things like that. So let's look at uh, what gleaning or what what is meant by Ruth gleaning and and everything. Yes, what's she doing? Yeah, so gleaning is, like George said, a law. And if you go to Leviticus 19.9... It states, when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. And then verse 10 says, do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the alien. I am the Lord your God. So basically, this is God's provision in Israel for the people who are poor. It means that the owner of the land does not harvest all of his crop. He leaves the edges and anything that falls, the gleanings, they leave it on the ground for the poor to come and pick up. It's not necessarily a handout. They ha- The impoverished people have to come and get it. But at the same time, they are providing for these people who are homeless and, and destitute. And Ruth is the same. So first off, begins with Ruth... You know, she doesn't sit around waiting for some miracle. She doesn't wait for someone to come help. She's an she's a very industrious, hardworking young lady who she thinks, she acts practically, and then God works. And I think that's important to understand. There's no vision from God in chapter 2. God doesn't go down through the clouds and says, go to Boaz's field, you mm-hmm. know, or, or anything. That doesn't happen. Right. She, Naomi doesn't even point out that she's a, that Boaz is a relative of hers, which I think is interesting. Ruth's response um, to Naomi when they came to town and they're wanting to get food is, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain mm-hmm. behind anyone whose eyes I find favor. And at that point, Naomi could have easily said, "Oh, you know what? You need to go to you need to go to Boaz's field. 
because he is a relative of mine and he'll take care of you. But none of that was said. Right. And it makes you think that maybe Naomi even forgot about Boaz. <laughs> right. Like, oh, yeah. Wait a second. <laughs> so <clears throat> Naomi's response was, go ahead, my daughter. This shows also that Ruth has integrity. She promised at the end of chapter one, you know, that she would go with Naomi mm-hmm. and, and be with her. And this is her caring for her mother-in-law. She, what Ruth is about to go do is demeaning. It's desperate and it's dangerous. She does it joyfully. She she understands, right, that anything we get is an undeserving gift, as, as we'll see uh, throughout this chapter. And then she's also very humble about it. Um, for example, even in verse 7, when she talks to the foreman at Boaz's field, I mean, it's her right to come in and pick up the fallen barley but instead, she actually she still asks for permission. Can I come in here and do this? Mm-hmm. And and we see her humility throughout, and and also how it leads to her thanksgiving um, as well. Now, in verse three, it says uh, in the ESV, she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. There were no field markers to show whose property was what. And again, there was no vision from God for Ruth to come to this field. It would almost look like it's just a coincidence that she came over there. Mm-hmm. But we as readers see that this is not a coincidence. God is at work here. God is working very subtly to redeem Naomi and Ruth. And and it all started again with just Ruth being like, okay, I need to go out and get food. Mm-hmm. I I love how just in these first three verses, they're reminding us that Naomi has a relative on her husband's side mm-hmm. from the clan of Elimelech. And then it just so happens that Ruth finds herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. So it's kind of okay. <laughs> it, it it's almost like this this the narrator the author is really excited. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you know you have people who watch a movie and they go, "Hey, watch this part! Watch this part! This part's gonna happen!" Yeah. You know? Oh, this is like, my favorite part. This is the best part. Right. <laughs> so he's like, "Hey, I'm just gonna tell you real quick about Boaz," and then he starts <laughs> to tell the story and like, "Hey, remember how I told you about Boaz? You remember? Here he comes. Here he comes." So, and even and even in verse four in the ESV, it says, "And behold, Boaz." Yeah. <laughs> so you know, behold is it's a big word in 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 Hebrew. I mean, look at this. This is something really important, important, exciting. Take notice of this. Boaz shows up, and Boaz we see is a very godly man from the get go. His first words are when he comes to his reapers he says the lord be with you and then they answer the lord bless you which when we were reviewing this and i was looking this part over it says they so they're all responding back the lord bless you Mm -hmm. so you can see here that this is something that boaz does constantly this isn't a one-off time that he's like you know what i'm gonna i'm going to say you know i hope the lord blesses you to the people that are working in my field because I feel good today. Mm-hmm. This is something that he does consistently 
and it help and it helps to show the type of man that he is. Right. It it's a great introduction for him in in showing us what he's about. He has clearly instilled a culture at his uh, fields and among his workers mm-hmm. of one that, you know, their faith is interweaved with their everyday work. They all understand, starting with Boaz, that they live and work before the Almighty. He is involved and in, in sees everything they do. And then Boaz, you know, just takes a little glance into the field and goes, Hey, who's this new person? Yeah, you must be new here. Yeah. Finds out, you know, it's Ruth, the, the young Moabite woman uh, who had come back with uh, Naomi. And Boaz goes up to Ruth. Now, again, it's required in the Old Testament law. Just, hey, don't get the edges. Don't pick up your gleanings. Leave that for the poor. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Boaz goes far beyond the requirements. He goes way above and beyond of that. And he doesn't do it grudgingly or anything either. He's like, you know, keep close. Just stay in this field. You don't have to go anywhere else. We're going to give you everything everything you need. Need water? I'll give you water. Uh, later on, he goes so far as to tell the reapers, just pull out some barley and leave it there for her. You know, <laughs> she don't even have to pick up the little seeds or the, the gleanings that fall. Mm-hmm. And Ruth, her, her humility gives way to thankfulness. She is overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Right, she falls on her face and says, "Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me, a foreigner?" And this is important. She knows not only is she a foreigner, right? She's a Moabite. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the enemy of Israel. In Deuteronomy twenty-three, even God curses the nation of Moab, mm-hmm. and I'm sure Ruth is at least aware that she, her nation, and the Israelites are at odds all the time. But, so she falls on her face, right? And why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me? And I think anybody who has been graced with God's provision should ask the same question every time. We who are enemies of God, cursed by God, because we were rebelling against him. We have received his favor. We have received his grace through Jesus who died. Mm -hmm. And not through anything that we've done. Absolutely. Just how Boaz here, he sees her and immediately goes up to her and tells her, you know, everything that he's telling her, he's going way above and beyond to help this person that Mm -hmm. he's never met. He found out that she's from Moab, which is terrible in in their eyes. And so you you wonder why. Why would you do this for someone? Mm-hmm. And then Boaz responds, first off, that it's all that you've done for your mother-in-law. He he says, I've I've heard about it. I've heard about how you left your mom and dad and your native land to, to come here. Um and then he says, The Lord repay you for what you have done. And a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Boaz sees this as he's doing the Lord's work here. He is serving God. 
He doesn't say, I repay you, or I give you reward, or I give you protection, right? The Lord does this. Mm -hmm. So it just shows that he understands that this grain, his wealth, the fields, uh, the workers, all this stuff, it's not actually his anyway. It all belongs to the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's all a gift from God. Boaz knows God and understands that his duty is to use God's gifts to make God known to others. And that's what he's doing here. Mm -hmm. he, is, right. he is basically evangelizing to Ruth. Mm -hmm. And he's pointing her to him. He said, may the Lord repay you. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel. He's constantly bringing him up. And in our interactions with people, mm -hmm. are we constantly bringing him up in a first interaction like that? No. Right. But that should be, this should all be uh, the same motivation for our helping others, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't really our stuff. And mm -hmm. our job ultimately is to bring God glory. Mm -hmm. Boaz does it, and so should we. You can see in both of them that Ruth is Ruth wherever she goes, whoever she's mm -hmm. with. She's very humble. She is going to be respectful of you. And Boaz. It doesn't matter who you are. He's going to talk to you about the Lord, just like he did right. with his harvesters. The Lord be with you. And whenever he meets Ruth, it's very much, may the Lord bless you. May the mm. Lord be with you. Yeah, Ruth is still, like, even in verse 17, she, even after Boaz does all this and is like, hey, just pull out some stuff and, and, and leave it there for her to pick up so she doesn't have to just keep gleaning and, and all these other things. Verse 17, so she gleaned in the field until evening, then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley, which is about 30 pounds. So she's still working. She's still, yeah. she's not like, oh, Boaz, help me out. I guess I'm good here Right, now. I'm going to sit on the sidelines and wait right. for them to do my work for me, and then I'll come collect it. I think it's, we can already see at this point how Boaz foreshadows our own savior and redeemer. In fact, Charles Spurgeon, the, the great British uh, uh, preacher, even once said, Jesus is our glorious Boaz in, in several ways. I think first off, it's important to see that he treats Ruth as a daughter, even though she's actually an enemy. God, the same way, right? We, when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We were enemies of God, and God chooses to save us and bring us into his family mm -hmm. through the death and resurrection of Christ. Another, another thing, Boaz is wealthy. He's of great standing in the community, and Ruth was not, but he gave her his standing. He invited her in to come eat with him and the workers, uh, and Jesus did the same thing, right? Jesus is God in heaven. Why have we found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me? And he comes <laughs> and brings us into the community of, of, of faith, into the community of his people. And then finally, Boaz lavishes excessive grace on Ruth. You know, right, he goes far beyond what he was required to do in Leviticus 19. Jesus himself, according to Paul in Ephesians 1, verses 7 through 8, it says, In him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, 
the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. Jesus allows for us to be forgiven of our sins and yet that's just the beginning of his grace, of his blessings. In fact, even uh, in verse 20, Naomi mentions uh, the kindness of Boaz. Uh, In fact, the Hebrew word is loving kindness. And that's a word that usually is just associated with God, but it's this wholehearted compassion. Boaz has a wholehearted compassion for Ruth, Mm -hmm. just as Christ has for us. And she then went on to add, that man is our close relative. Mm -hmm. He is one of our kinsmen redeemers, which we will get into that next week. Um, But if you want to look into it now to see what kinsman redeemer is, you can read that in Deuteronomy 25, 5 through 10, and that can kind of help set the stage as we go into next week into chapter 3. Ruth herself may very well have been going, what's a kinsman redeemer? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Naomi. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, to conclude today, we do have a few discussion questions that you can use in your own personal reflection or as part of your family worship or with your study group. Number one, are you deceived into thinking God works through just the spectacular or the extraordinary? Or do you see the hand of God in the little details of your life? He worked in just these tiny little ways with Ruth and Boaz, and he's going to continue to do it throughout the rest of the book. Are you aware, can you see where God works in the little details in your life as well? Number two, how might your life be different if you acted like you believe that God owns and controls all things, not just the big things, but the little things, the ordinary, dull, boring things. Do you believe uh, this quote by Abram Kuyper? There is not a square inch in the whole domain of human existence over which Christ, who is Lord over all, does not exclaim, mine. And if you, do tr- if you truly believed it, how might your life be different? Number three, how might you act differently if you viewed your stuff as not yours, but God's? Would you be more willing to give it away to help others as Boaz did? And then finally, number four, when you are blessed with God's provision, how do you react? Is it like Ruth in verse 10? Or is it like, well, of course I deserve that. How humble are you? How aware are you that you were a sinner, an enemy of God, and God saved you at great cost to himself? So please join us next week as we explain the kinsman redeemer and look at the third chapter of Ruth. This story is just is starting to really get good here. We're ramping up. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord has shown you the richness of the word.